welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, God had won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test and West Indies won. With those little pals of mine Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Today we're departing from our usual format of looking at the current cricketing events in the Caribbean and instead we'll be looking back at some players and performances of yesteryear. Accompanying me on this stroll down memory lane is a man who's seen so many of the greats, Mr Joseph Reds Pereira. Thank you for joining us, Reds. Yes, uh, nice to be uh, again talking to you, David, as the cricketing world um, unfolds and look back towards uh, great players. Yes, yes, it's. Uh, I think it's just as important to to, to look back as, as look forward. And uh, you and I were initially inspired to have this chat uh, by a recent article by, uh, by Tony Becker. But we're going to look at that more closely in just a moment. But really, I'd like to start with your recollections of uh, Australia's Arthur Morris, uh, who died this week, age 93. You you saw him play, I believe. Well, I actually saw him play in 55. Um, he got two scores at border um, on, on the 50. Um, of course, he really um, had uh, come to the Caribbean, uh, you know, after playing uh, against us in, 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 in 1951, um, but, uh, you know, in 1948, he re- really, um, you know, uh, was very much part of the Don Bradman all come touring team. Um, well over 600 runs, uh, an average very, very high. Um, and, you know, in 51, um, what was amazing, and he had so many... He had so many um, partners. I think he started with Jimmy Burke against us. And then um, after that, uh, they went to um, Jim Maroney. Um, you know, he, he, he was solid. Um, you know, when, when I think of, of Arthur Morris, I think of maybe um, the Australian captain Taylor, left-handed, um, nice style, uh, easy on the eyes, and not, not flamboyant, you know. Um, no um, modern attacking left-hander um, as, as you have now, uh, but a solid, a very solid um, opener. And, um, you know, I think when he came to the Caribbean in 55, he was starting to get to the end of his tenure, the end of his tenure. But um, a lovely man. I met him later um, when he was part of the South Australian Parliament. And, um, you know, he had a very little <laughs> recollection. Um, he had little recollection, but the 100, I think he got... He, he got it in 55, um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, served Australia extremely well as a left-handed opener and will go down as one of the greats. You know, you refer to um, A.B. Develops, you refer to, you know, other people by, 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 by you know, uh, Alan Border, A.B. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think that you, you could think of Arthur 
of AR. Mm, mm. Yes. No, that 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 tour of uh, the West Indies was his last in 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 '55, and uh, you saw him at Border, which I think was his penultimate Test match. But he was only only 33 at the time, uh, so relatively uh, young to retire. Um, unquestionably a great. Would would he get in an all-time Australia side, Reds? Well, you know, whenever you try picking any all-time Australian West Indies England side, you're going to run in in in, in into trouble. <laughs> uh, but certainly, I think he will make an initial squad of of, of, of fourteen, and then you will have to begin to come <laughs> come back down. Mm. Yes. Uh, but you know, he then you know was pushed by people like Colin McDonald, who who um, you know eventually came very very quickly into prominence, mm. and uh, Bobby Simpson wasn't very far behind. Mm. No, a, 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 a very, very fine player, and uh, it's it's an oft-told story, but he, he did enjoy being asked in later years, where was he when Bradman made his naught on his final appearance for Australia at the, at the Oval? And he said, well, I, I was at the other end, but nobody remembers my 196. Yes, I thought that was a fitting humour, <laughs> I think. Uh, there was another comment when somebody asked him where he was. He said, "I, I, I was watching the great man." <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, a, a, a very, very great cricketer and one of the Australian Test greats. We looked at this. Uh, we want to look at this Tony Becker article from a couple of weeks ago from the Jamaica Gleaner, when he was focusing uh, on those that didn't play international cricket. Uh, for the West Indies, uh, he listed many, many very, very fine players, and I believe you probably saw all of them play at one time or another. Um, who, as good as damn it, none of them uh, appeared in in international cricket. It was a lovely piece, wasn't it, Reds? Yes, uh, I think uh, you might throw the names at me, and I'll try and and and, and respond. The one I think that stuck in my mind as soon as I saw um, uh, the piece uh, by Tony Becker. <laughs> Um, was in fact um, Neville Benito. Mm. Neville Benito was a beautiful, stylish batsman, really stylish, you know. Um, and um, you know, unfortunate came maybe came at the wrong time. You know, you had the, the Ray Stallmeyer situation. Weeks World War Cut. Yeah. Uh, Christiani, I think, would be the one that maybe kept him out. Yeah. Then you had Gomez the all-rounder, and that was virtually uh, the batting with John Gada chipping in um, some, some some useful knocks. Um, I saw him got a, a double at border as, as a young boy. Well, one of the things that really you know stuck in my mind and still I remember is that there was a Guyanese man who ran a parlor, Mr. Farage, and he always supported Jamaica. <laughs> and when Benito got the hundred, uh, the double, um, against British Guyana then, his daughter um, was sent by her father to kiss Neville Benito in the middle of border in front of, uh, you know, about 10,000 people. Now, I don't think that's ever been repeated Anywhere else, I've never seen that um, in any cricket match. Uh, but that was, you know, the, the beauty of cricket then, where that kind of innocence, um, you know, can take place. 
and there was no security running around the place and anybody sort of losing their cool about it. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Now, you, you, you name a list of marvellous batsmen from the, from the period. Of course, this is the period in which Andy Gantone played one test match, scored 100, and that was that. Yes, and if, if people were stars, um, a question worldwide, um, who opened in place of Gantone when they went to border? Everyone will think it was, um, you know, uh, you know, a rare or Stallmeyer or some opening batsman. Um, it was, in fact, uh, George Carew, who got 100 with Gantum in the previous game. Mm. But surprise, surprise, I think the records will show that John Goddard opened at Borda, um, which was, in fact, part and parcel of the kind of selection policy you know we had then. Uh, there was maybe a lot of trade-offs. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately for Andy Gantum, never got another chance because he didn't go to India in 49, mm. and he didn't go to England in 50, not to Australia in 51. He went in 57, but he, but he was then, you know, so, so far past his best. I think he was well past 40. Uh, another player from Jamaica that Tony Becker recalled uh, affectionately was Basil Shotgun Williams. similar period that uh, he recalled was Jim Allen. Yes, Jim Allen, you know, if you look at uh, the hundreds he scored, Jim from Montserrat, the closest he got to a West Indies selection was when he was part of the Clive Lloyd um, World Series, which I, I talked about. Uh, Jim uh, made solid hundreds against the best attacks in, in, in the Caribbean. He got hundreds against Barbados, he got hundreds against Guyana, he got, he got hundreds uh, against the, the very best attack. And maybe, you know, this recurring theme came at the wrong time. But I remember, in, you know, my early days in broadcasting, seeing himself and the Richards play at Rose Hall in eastern Guyana. And then I think, if judging on that day, Jim Allen looked a better player that day mm. than Viv Richards. Um, he had nice style, and um, you know he, he he really maybe um, was hit by an eye injury um, in a uh, you know some friendly game in New York, which really really set 
his entire career back. I had the honor of um, doing one of the lectures in the Jim Allen series and was good uh, by the Montserrat authorities to have kept that going over the years where they have brought a number of his colleagues in. I remember Michael Finley uh, doing one such lecture and uh, I, I think that, that that's very nice that he's still remembered each year in, in, in that matter, m- manner. Mm. Uh, it, it really was a period, that, that time you're talking about, of uh, a wealth of uh, batting quality. Another couple of openers from, from the similar period, Lockhart Sebastian and Luther Kelly, both from smaller islands. Yes, I mean, I saw Luther Kelly destroyed England in a, in a friendly game played um, in, in Montserrat at the old um, Sturge Park run. He hooked Dilly. He pulled everyone that, that, that England bowled, really, um, a really attacking player. Um, and, um, you know, the, the old story again uh, came at the... the, the, the wrong time. Uh, Lockhart Sebastian, solid opening batsman. Um, maybe, um, you know, again, uh, it, it, that, that period of that Fredericks Greenwich uh, mm. and, and then came Haynes, uh, just, uh, um, you know, curtailed anybody getting in. You had to get in to a tour, first of all. You had to make uh, a tour abroad where you play a lot of county matches or state matches. But um, neither the likes of Sebastian, neither the likes of, of Luther Kelly, etc., uh, could have gotten into a tour where they could have established themselves. One who got in and maybe didn't take full advantage was Faoud Bacchus of Guyana. Yeah. He did, in fact, get in. Um, and, uh, you know, he, 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 he benefited from that opportunity. A marvelous 250-odd against India. Um, when Alvin Karijran took um, the team there um, to India, but um, it didn't quite uh, produce the kind of runs that his initial form as uh, on the 19 player and a Guyana player um, indicated that he might get at the test level. Um, is there a, a, a name in Becker's list, um, Pinnock? Uh, yes, Renford Pinnock. Yes, that he, he made uh, Tony Becker's list. Yes, of a delightful personality. Um, you know, you, the, there's reports I never heard myself because I never really felt that silly point of forward short leg that Carlisle Best, the Barbados and West Indies player, used to do commentary as, as he, uh, <laughs> as he um, faced the bowler. Well, they say Pinnock was the greatest chatter you can ever meet um, <laughs> in, in a cricket field. But I know in, in, in beyond the boundary, I, I, I had the pleasure of, of, of meeting him. And um, a, a delightful person, personality. Uh, a wicketkeeper mm. um, could have gotten an opportunity maybe on, on, on a tour. And um, I am told unofficially that there was a tour to India which was called off, I think, because of a, a, a riots in, in India where Pinnock was selected to go, that team, I don't believe, was actually named. Um, that would have been his, his um, you know, his one, his one uh, opportunity to have made a, a touring side. But yeah, a delightful personality, um, good um, first-class 
figures uh, in, in regional cricket. And uh, Mickey Keeper, delightful person, very chirpy, and a, a pleasure to, to have met during my broadcasting life. Mm, yeah, lovely, lovely. Uh, I'll keep throwing the names at you. Um, uh, many more batsmen, but uh, again from the sort of 1980s period. Uh, Mark Nita and Wayne Lewis. Yes, I think Mark Nita, um, you know, there was a time when people felt that he, he might have been a just able to, to push into the middle order, maybe not getting e- 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 enough runs. Wayne Lewis was a stylish uh, opening batsman, uh, still very much involved in, in, in West Indies cricket. I think he's part of the Players Association. Uh, not nice person, very keen to be on radio. Um, is there a name called Lawson, um, who was uh, 12th man against... Cecil Lawson? Yes, and I, I think he was unfortunate not to have played in that test match. You know, when I um, compare Lawson, he was left-handed, genuinely quick, and I thought that the West Indies selectors uh, might have missed an opportunity of playing Lawson against New Zealand in '72. Uh, um, when I compare him with the present left-handers mm-hmm. um, around, I think he 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 would have been. <coughs> very um, far ahead. He had very, very uh, good control. And for example, my mind run to Cottrell, uh, who is, of course, um, known now uh, by the international world. Um, I think he had much better control than Cottrell, bowl a better line, and um, I, was a, not easy to get away. Didn't give you too many four balls. And someone missed opportunity. And very nice of Tony Becker to have remembered Lawson. Mm. Uh, two or three more uh, fast bowlers he recalled. Uh, many of the West Indian fast bowlers from that period uh, did make their way to England and play county cricket. Uh, a couple like that, George Ferris and Tony Merrick. Yes, um, I think that George Ferris was standby. George Ferris uh, was generally quick played for Antigua and the Leewards, uh, he was standby for one tour, a tour to India. Mm. Uh, that might have been in 83. You don't sometimes get all the details. Mm. You, you sometimes pick up these little little bits and pieces. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think he migrated shortly after that. But when you look at the time where the likes of George Ferris and Anthony Merrick Anthony Merrick now, who's, who's involved um, with the Antigua Cricket Association as a curator, um, they, you know, the old the old cliche, coming at the wrong time, you know, mm-hmm. really uh, uh, outstanding. There's a name that maybe uh, I can't remember in Becker's piece, but Desmond Lewis. Desmond Lewis played against India in '71, and David, if you look at his Test average, mm-hmm. you know. If you look at this Steph average, I think he averaged well into the early 80s in that tour. Uh, I think he ended up opening the innings um, and never played another tour after that. Mm-hmm. And he must be one of the most unlucky West Indies players ever, ever, ever. Because you don't have a series like that where you, you really uh, do extremely well and um, you know end up with a, an outstanding average. And for one reason or the other, which I I had never been able to ascertain, um, you know, they didn't play against Australia in '73. 
You know, mm. I, I remember in the first test match in 73, after the 72 tour, um, after the 71 tour, he didn't play against um, Australia in 73. Um, it was Michael Finley and Derek Murray who played. Mm. Uh, but perhaps that's something we'll have to go away and play with Reds and, and put together a, an unluckiest uh, West Indies side. I mean, obviously, Gantam gets in to open the batting. I'll throw another name at you. Uh, somebody who played had one test innings for West Indies. Uh, Average, I think, 96 in the end. Vic Stolmeyer. Yes, um, Stolmeyer got that in England. And um, I think, I um, mean, always in the shadows of his brother, Jeffrey, made a lot of runs for Trinidad. If my mind um, takes me that far back, I think he was a left-handed opening batsman. Mm. And um, I think one of the things people will read about sometimes when reading West Indies cricket and reading about George Hedley, I think he was unfortunate to have run out George Hedley. Um, <laughs> In, 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 in that test match, oh. <laughs> I hope my my memory serves me very well. I actually met him at the Queen's Park Oval. And, you know, one of the good things about being born in 1939 <laughs> is that I met uh, a lot of these uh, West Indian greats um, who played, you know, in, in, in the 30s. Mm. Uh, I remember meeting Ivan Barrow and, and Herman Griffith and, sure. you know, uh, one can go on and on, but you know um, there's there's a limit to how many names you 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 can draw. Well, we, we're not going to get anywhere near halfway through this list, but you know there's plenty for us to draw upon in in future. Uh, I, I will I will throw one or two more though. Um, we talked about fast bowlers. There was an off spinner on there, Victor Eddy. Well, Victor Eddy really um, got the headlines when. Um, the Alvin Kalitran side went to India and it was thought that Victor Eddy on performance should have been uh, the batsman who can bowl off spin and maybe been a genuine all-rounder. And um, there was, you know, a huge, um, a huge cry in the Caribbean of him being left out of the Kalitran side. Um, a... Um, he was, in fact, omitted, uh, and uh, I think it really uh, took the the spirit out of him for a couple of years. I mean, he was almost lost to the game mm. before um, he, he came back. His father, of course, um, played a, a great role in, in, in St. Kitts Nevis uh, Leeward's cricket. Um, his father was a, was a great um, uh, influence on him. But I think he was unlucky, definitely unlucky, not to have gone to India. And um, I would think that um, a young Jamaican spinner by the name of Brown uh, got in in front of him. Mm. And the following year, when Jamaica picked uh, a squad of 40 to go into trials <laughs> after that tour of India, he didn't even get into the short list of 40. So that, that will tell the story how Victor Eddy really um, uh, should have been selected. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an impressive list of uh, uh, great names, uh, most of whom didn't get to touch the heights. Um, I'm going to put it to one side because I think we will revisit this on some further future occasion. Before we pack up, Reds, uh, I would like you to just speak a little about the man who's 85 today, and that's Joe Solomon. Yes, wonderful personality. 
Um, he was one of many who came out of an area um, called Port Morant in eastern Guyana. And, uh, you know, he um, uh, was a couple of years older than Rohan Kanhai. Mm. And, um, you know, Kanhai made the, the, the West Indies team at 57. And Solomon got into the West Indies team at 58, 59. But um, from what I've heard, uh, I'm told that uh, he was, in fact, someone that the late Sir Frank Worrell trusted um, because he, he was the bolt in the middle order. He played those very solid innings, you know, um, as, a, as a middle order batsman. If he failed in the first innings, he would come back and, you know, he's six to four not out or he, he, he's, he's seven to not out. I mean, Solomon's, um, you know, Solomon's um, actual test record is not all that outstanding. I think an average somewhere in the, in, in the 30s. But maybe uh, the records don't really reflect um, how how good a player he was. He was outstanding for Guyana. Mm. I mean, you know, he had, what, three hundreds and a trot, and yeah. he was part of a, a run machine. I mean, you had Fredericks, and you had Kanai, and you had Butcher, and you had Solomon, uh, you, you had Lloyd coming up, you know. You, you, you really had a, a run machine, and some of the battles against Barbados and Joe Solomon's time um, was really at, almost at, at the test level. But, you know, he, he, he made some solid contributions. I mean, he's, he's always mentioned uh, re, uh, the Brisbane tie test. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you go through his test career, you see that he was very consistent and probably got it at times in front of Seymour Nurse, who was quite a player, very attractive stroke player. But um, the story is on the ground is that Sir Frank Worrell um, felt that um, Solomon uh, would not look uh, to play too many shots, um, will ensure that the West Indies middle order, that partnerships were, was, was built around, um, around him. Um, later in life, um, he then joined what the late Sir Clyde Walker started at the Sugar Estates in Guyana. He became the cricket officer for Sugar Estates, and uh, he, of course, um, uh, was a, a West Indies manager to India with, with the, the Kalicharan side, and he was a member and selector for uh, the West Indies, also a member of, of, of the Guyana Cricket Board. So, uh, really, um, uh, a career to celebrate. Joseph Stanislaus, um, uh, easy to talk to. And a, a very nice man indeed. Yeah, no, that's 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 lovely, Red. I mean, I'm, that's just one thing. I, I looking at his record. Uh, you mentioned his three successive centuries. He got a hundred on debut. He got a hundred in his second uh, first-class game. Both of those were in October 1956. His third first-class innings was 18 months later in 1958 against the touring Pakistanis, and he got another hundred. But where was he in 1957? Yes, um, I, I think by by. by then, um, you know, um, the, the, the Dubbers were still around, and um, I think you, you had young Sakharfi Sobers, you had Rohan Kanai sort of getting in. Mm, um, yeah. It wasn't possible for him to get in then. I mean, Basil Butcher didn't quite get in in, in, in 57 either. I think that they, a lot had
to wait for the 58-59 tour to India uh, when uh, the, the, they, they had an opportunity. One of the things that Joe Solomon did uh, was to open the bowling um, for, for, for British Guyana. He bowled a little medium pace. I think a, a lot of people, um, you know, um, lost their wickets because they simply disrespected Solomon, but he bowled a very good tight line. And at the test level, he picked up, I think, uh, some four wickets. At that time, I think he was bowling a little bit of spin. Mm. Yeah, I know one of the uh, wickets uh, that he got was, was Bill Laurie. I was looking at that just like that. That's all we've got time for, Reds. It's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. Um, thank you ever so much for sharing your memories with us. Well, great to go in our memory lane, and nice of Tony Becker to have um, picked up that piece. Oh, absolutely, um, uh, and hopefully we can revisit some of the names we didn't do justice to today on another occasion. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Uh, this has been a special edition of The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. I'd like to thank you for joining us, and I hope you can do so again soon. Goodbye. <laughs>